When we reject who we are, when we have deep shame with who we are, when we decide to deny who we are, we are in essence what is like squashing the the energetics of the pelvis because our pelvis just is continuously creating newness within us and we then bring it out into the world. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss, and on the podcast this week is Danelle Naraki. She's an author, speaker, and holistic health expert specializing in women's health and wellness. Danelle really believes in our body's ability to heal, and through her work, she guides women on ways that they can connect to their body and find empowerment on their own self-healing path. I really enjoyed connecting with Danelle and sitting down to have this conversation with her. Her own diagnosis of HPV and cervical dysplasia has really led her down this incredible path of empowering others to take back control of their own reproductive health. And so in this week's new episode, we really chat about her epic journey, healing HPV and cervical dysplasia, how she empowered herself throughout her health journey, and she shares the tools, tips, and resources she's sharing with women so they can connect to and heal their bodies naturally. Danelle shares the energetics of the pelvis, why disease or illness is really our body's way of getting our attention, and the gaps in modern sex education. Plus, Danelle shares the impact of reclaiming our sense of self and our bodies, how she helps her clients move past shame to develop a loving relationship with their bodies. Danelle shares with us her biggest dream. We talk about her new book, Informed, Aware, Empowered, A Self-Guided Journey to Clear Paps, and so much more. I really learned so much from this conversation with Danelle, and I'm so excited to hear what you guys think. Make sure to join the conversation on our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. Thank you guys seriously so much for the continued support of the podcast over the last few months. I know so many of us are back in quarantine, or if you're like me, you've never left quarantine. And so this is like a very weird time. And so I'm just so grateful that you're here and that you're listening and that you're tuning in. And as always, if you want to help support the podcast, support my work on this show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow along on Spotify, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, they really help the show. Um, what else? Oh, send the podcast, send this episode to a friend or two who you think might like it, learn something from it, enjoy it. And when you tune in, make sure to tag us on social media. We have so many great episodes coming your way this summer, all leading up to the three-year anniversary of the podcast in October. I cannot even believe it's about to be three years, but I'm so excited to keep sharing these really impactful, empowering, and powerful conversations with you guys. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Danelle Naraki. You're on such an incredible and much needed, I think, mission to really help women feel empowered and in control of their wellness and their reproductive health. And so I would really love to start off by talking about your journey. Where, where did your journey with cervical wellness um, really begin? I would love to share. So 
The very beginning of my journey started way back when I was 19. I'm now 32. Uh, but at the age of 19, I was first diagnosed with HPV and cervical dysplasia, which in essence is an abnormal pap smear. So when mm-hmm. you know we get our pap smear and it comes back abnormal, generally it's because eight, there's an HPV diagnosis, you have the HPV virus, and or you have cervical dysplasia, which is just a very fancy way to say you have abnormal cells showing on your cervix. Mm-hmm. So at the, you know, at the age of 19, when I got this diagnosis, um, my doctor didn't really tell me anything about what that meant. I didn't even know why I needed a pap smear, and I didn't know what a cervix was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was just really clueless in regards to what any of this meant or the implications. And so even though I received this diagnosis, I was young and my doctor said, you know, you're young, you don't need to worry about it. So you can go live your life. So I did exactly that. And, and I didn't give my cervical, cervical health or my reproductive health or you know pelvic health at all. Another, another thought. And this, um, cycle of going in to have a pap smear and it coming back abnormal continued on for another four years. And over the course of those four years, um, you know, my medical providers began to become increasingly worried about me because it, instead of it going away, like they had told me it would, it was actually worsening. So the dysplasia, the, the abnormal cells on the cervix was actually increasing and going up grades. They, they, they have like a gradient system. So, you know, at this time, by this time, you know, four years after the initial diagnosis, I was in a new partnership and, you know, just really becoming more aware of my reproductive health, just going into my twenties. And I was on hormonal birth control at the time. And still throughout, you know, those four years, my doctors never once told me anything I could do to like help myself or any way that I could maybe like help support my body to reverse these diagnoses. It was the only options they ever gave me were these um, highly invasive surgical procedures that I ended up going on to Google and researching them. And I scared myself. I was like, I am not having this done to my body. Like this is really freaking me out. And they also offered me the HPV vaccine. And I just, logically, it never made sense to me why I would get a vaccine for something I already had. It just didn't make sense to me. So four years into this diagnosis, I uh, was sent away by my provider, medical providers to like this teaching hospital, you know, a big wig teaching hospital because I wasn't, quote, listening to them. And so I go and see this OBGYN and... um, she performed what's called a colposcopy, which is like a biopsy of the cervix where they take a, a, a sample of the like the actual flesh of the cervix. And she looks at my cervix and she basically told me straight up that, you know, I wasn't listening to them. And because I wasn't listening to them, there was nothing they could do for me. So they, I walked out of this hospital basically feeling like they had given me a death sentence because they had been progressively telling me, oh, you're going to get cervical cancer. You're going to get cervical cancer. So I went home very distraught and just really hating my body. I would actually like physically hit my, my pelvis, my womb with my fist because I was just so upset with what was happening and nobody would tell me anything. I was just so in the dark. 
there became a moment where I was crying in the bathroom, in the shower, just feeling like I was going to die an early death of cervical cancer. And I described this experience like a light turned on in my body, where it was like suddenly my body came online for the first time ever, or like my awareness became mm -hmm. like turned on. And my body communicated to me saying, Danelle, something's wrong. We're clearly not healing in the way that they said we should. So we're going to figure this out. And I walked out of the shower feeling very strongly that I was going to heal myself. So from that moment, for the next three years, I took myself on this epic healing journey of learning everything I could about the cervix, about reproductive wellness, about physical healing, how does the body regenerate. I took myself back to graduate school and got my master's in integrative health because I was just so interested and devoted to learning, like, how does the physical body heal and what does this mean? And lo and behold, three years after putting that stake in the ground and seven Seven years after getting that initial diagnosis, I received a call from my doctor on a Saturday morning, which was very strange because doctors don't call you mm -hmm. and they don't call you on a Saturday. Yeah, true. <laughs> and, and she told me, she's like, Danelle, your pap smear came back normal. Like your cervix wow. is the healthiest I've ever seen. And the HPV is gone. She's like, how did you do this? <laughs> They're asking you how you did it at this right, point. That's precisely. amazing. So, you know, I, obviously I celebrated and I felt really amazing. And I was like, oh my God, I did it. Dun, da, da, da. I was like standing on top of the mountain, yeah. you know, with my flag. But that celebration quickly devolved into anger. Mm -hmm. And I began to realize like, in this, the course of these three years, like I had self-educated about reproductive health, about cervical health, about just whole body health in a way that like I felt that my doctors at the time should have known or should have told me. And I began to reflect on like how many millions of women are facing these exact same diagnoses of HPV and cervical dysplasia, abnormal pap smears, who know her, who knew as little as I did at mm -hmm. that initial time. And thus began my devotion to spreading this information and talking about cervical wellness is what I call it, and empowering women to know about their pelvic health, about their cervical health and how they can how they can take care of themselves. Yeah. It, it, this is an incredible journey. And I, what I, what really stands out to me the most is from the very beginning, you had to, and you chose to really empower yourself throughout this journey. There's something that you said at the very beginning that really stuck with me, which was you're so, when they said to you, you're so young, this isn't something you should have or, or something that you should be experiencing. And I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a doctor's office and they've said the same thing to me. You're too young. You shouldn't be experiencing this. I remember when I had shingles at 25 and it was, this doesn't make sense. You're 25. This is like a quote unquote, you know, older person's um, disease or diagnosis. And I think too often we're dismissed for what we're experiencing because of age, because of gender. And so I would love mm -hmm. it if you would share, you know, how did you really empower yourself throughout this journey? Because I know there's going to be so many who are listening to this and are thinking, you know, me too. This is what I've experienced. Mm, yeah, so I began to search out uh, teachers and resources that 
would speak about or share about this sort of information. So I, the first book I ever found that really propelled me on this journey was a book called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom by Dr. Christian Northrup. And this is like, uh, for me, it's like a Bible mm-hmm. of women's health. And she really goes into how, you know, women's reproductive health, when there's something, quote, wrong with it, that it's not just something happening on the physical level, but there is usually an emotional um, and a mental and a spiritual component to these diagnoses. And so she really opened up the door for me to begin to think about my reproductive wellness, not as just this rote clinical thing with, you know, organs and cells and whatnot, but that there's a psycho-emotional and a psycho-spiritual component to it. I also began to um, actively look into stories of healing of like Mm -hmm. a radical remission or, um, you know, people who, um, spontaneous healing, that's what it's called. People who, you know, had terminal cancer and then, you know, would go through a a very deeply profound spiritual experience one day and the the cancer would be completely gone. And so really seeking out stories, uh, that are, that were true, that, um, proved to me that healing was possible even even when the western medical establishment said it wasn't possible. Yeah. And then the the third thing that I really used to empower myself was to begin to talk like about my experiencing. So to not just keep it inside as something that was shameful or something that um you know I I shouldn't talk about because when we just keep it inside and keep it hidden, there's no opportunity for reflection or for someone to support us in any way. So, mm-hmm. you know, I shared, I began to share more with my partner. I began to share more with some of my close friends. I didn't share it widely like I'm doing it now, but just really eliminating the sense of taboo around yeah. having a reproductive health issue or just any health issue and recognizing that we're all human and we all have bodies that do funny things and to have this sort of emotional support was very, very important for me. It's so interesting what you just shared because this is often a very taboo topic, talking about not necessarily women's health, but talking about reproductive health and the cervix and you know your pelvic health in general. And so I really love it that you really sought out examples of other women who prove that healing is possible, but not necessarily in the way that was being demonstrated to you. And then it makes, it makes total sense that then talking and sharing about your story really helped to fuel those stories and provide examples for other women too. I think I think we really need more that more of that because I have found time and time again that as women, I don't think we're always given I don't know the tools to maintain our health and maintain our wellness or are even encouraged to seek out those tools on our own. Yeah, it's it's actually a huge gap in our education as young young girls going into, you know, young womenhood, that this this contemporary sex education just completely eliminates or doesn't include Mm -hmm. anything about how we can maintain health or prevent anything being wrong. For me, my sex education was very much about take hormonal birth control or abstain from sex and or else you'll get all these crazy STIs. Like that was basically it. There was nothing about preventative measures or lifestyle medicine or anything Mm -hmm. of that. And it's always like based in fear too, right? Precisely. It's nothing right. about empowering yourself. It's always about don't do this. This will happen. You'll get this disease. It's never about empowering. It's always about how can we how can we make you more afraid? Right, right. And this is a huge issue uh, is that when we 
have been basically indoctrinated to be afraid of our pelvis, then we don't uh, keep our pelvis in our awareness. And a big part of cervical wellness and what I teach is that we must bring our conscious awareness all the way down to the depths of our pelvis and keep our awareness here. Cause so often we tend to live up in our mind or live mm -hmm. up, you know, from our chest up. And often when something is wrong in the cervix or wrong in any of the organs of the pelvis is that it's a cry for attention mm. that they, it, our, our body wants us to pay attention to it. And so when we bring our awareness back here and it basically integrate back into our pelvis, that healing can occur seamlessly. I would love to talk a little bit more about that because it ties in so beautifully to what you shared earlier about you really learned through the education you gave yourself that this is emotional and mental and physical and spiritual. You know, everything that goes on the, in the body, I think, has an energetic component to it. And this brings me back to something you mentioned earlier, too, when you were so angry with your body that you literally punched your pelvis. So I would love if you would talk a little bit more about that and maybe the energetics of the pelvis and how it's all connected and, and what that experience was even like, you know, for you. Wow, there's so much I can go into here. For me, what I have learned about the energetics of the pelvis, and particularly the energetics of the cervix, is that it is the it is the deepest place within the female body, meaning it is it holds the the energetics and codes of who we actually are. So if we think about the uterus or the womb, it's where we can gestate and generate new ideas or new mm -hmm. forms of expression. And it's not just about physical babies. And it is through the cervix that these new ideas or new forms of expression are birthed through wow. because the cervix is, you know, the portal between um, what I call the inner world of the pelvis and the outer world of, you know, this reality that we live in. So when when we reject who we are, when we have deep shame with who we are, when we decide to deny who we are, we are in essence, what is like squashing mm -hmm. the the energetics of the pelvis because our pelvis just is continuously creating newness within us and we then bring it out into the world you know the, we think of our creativity we think of you know the transformation in which we express ourselves by the way we dress or our new haircuts or you know whatever mm -hmm. it is so when we actively reject that or decide to deny that generative creative energy because say someone tells us that they don't like that or we feel shame because someone in our life uh, I don't know, denied that on their end. What that does is it, it kind of like stifles the pelvic energy and that that stifling of that energy begins to make that energy putrid. Mm. So I see it as, you know, we must allow this energy to flow from from the depths of our pelvis out through our cervix into the outer world. And, and if we stop that flow, it begins to become corrosive and that very sacred generative female body energy, when it becomes corrosive, begins to perpetuate unwellness mm -hmm. in the various organs. I don't know if I explained that well. I'm happy no, to that, elaborate. that makes a lot of sense. It, okay. it sounds like it's really rooted in rejection. And so when you yes. reject yourself, you reject your body, you're rejecting in some ways your own form of expression, right? Whatever that might be. And that can, I think that can be very traumatic, I think, on a 
sort of like subconscious level with without even realizing it. Precisely, because you know, we are a once in a universe experience. There's mm-hmm. no one that will ever be like us again and no one that was like us before. And so when we reject that unique divine expression and stop it from being, the body has is impacted by that. It's like ricochets within our system and creates unwellness. It's a, it's a very real internal experience. Yeah. And what, what's so interesting is that I, I've always found this to be so interesting, how what we are experiencing on a physical level is a manifestation of that emotional and that mental and that spiritual. And I have found it for myself throughout my health journey. I, I feel like I've been on a health journey now in some ways for six years and in other ways for 29. And so mm. it's interesting to see how different ailments within the body become a manifestation of stress or anxiety or aspects of self-rejection. And so for you, when you began to really realize, okay, the energetics that are focused here and my own sense of rejection or lack of expression, did you begin to do anything differently in your life? Or are there tools or resources or things that you can suggest to someone who may want to begin to tap into that for themselves and release that and and heal that aspect of themselves and and that journey? So one one of the biggest themes I have noticed Uh, in pelvic health issues is a theme of codependency. Mm -hmm. So meaning putting someone else's needs before ours perpetually or being hyper-focused on somebody else's life instead of turning that focus inward on who we are and what we want and what is right for us. So for me, one of the deepest paths I have taken on what I call my cervical healing journey is facing my codependent behaviors. Mm -hmm. So where have I been putting others' needs before mine? Where have I been not speaking up in fear of somebody else's emotional response So for people, for women in particular, to begin to look at where have we been crossing ourselves, where have we not been allowing ourselves to be who we actually are in our life, in our relationships, will 100% help the pelvis to uh, have healthy energetics. So I invite, you know, listeners, if, if any of this has resonated with you to begin to explore this idea of codependency and uh, how it has influenced your life in some way. So that is a, a, a very big doorway that we can walk through to reclaim ourselves, reclaim our sense of self and reclaim our body. Because so often as women, we tend to allow our bodies, our our energy, our, you name it, to be utilized for the benefit of someone else and not turning that inward and using it for our own lives. I think that's such an interesting point. And I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think as women, often our default is how can I be of service to others? How can I help someone else? I think that's also really tied to maybe this element of mindfulness and being more being more self-aware, um, maybe of the choices you make or, or how you, you know, really honor yourself in any given moment. And so has mindfulness always been a huge part of your journey or did you feel like you brought it into your life more as you, I don't know, embarked more on this cervical wellness path for yourself? Yes. My, my cervical healing journey, 100% led me to become more Mm -hmm. mindful led me become more mindful of, am I dissociated? Mm -hmm. Am I actually in my body? Am I 
am I aware and what I say, what I call anchored into my pelvis? Like, am I living within my pelvis? Am I in a, just a, a mind space of, you know, of fear or shame? Am I in a shame spiral? Mindfulness has led me to come to recognize how often I was in a codependent state, how often I um, put others' needs before mine, how often I wasn't listening to the voice of my body, my body saying, you need to rest more, or you need to um, drink more water, Mm -hmm. or, you know, get off the computer, whatever it is. For me, mindfulness has led me to become deeply with my sense of embodiment and has completely changed my life. I I -hmm. live a different way now because of the mindfulness I've cultivated through this journey. I, I love that because I think often we bring in that level of mindfulness and an understanding of how the mind and the body is connected only through like very deep personal experiences. I don't know if I would have cultivated or thought of cultivating sort of that um, relationship with mindfulness if it wasn't for my own my own health journey. I, I want to talk about something that you just shared, which is about this element of shame because I think mm-hmm. not only is there a lot of misunderstanding, um, not enough information, misconceptions maybe about women's health, women's reproductive health, about our pelvic health. But then I think talking about it or wanting to know more or even our own experiences bring about a lot of shame. It brings me back to something that you shared, which is that I think we all really want to cultivate loving, healthy relationships with our bodies and a deep understanding and an honoring of what it is that we experience. But we often have so much shame and trauma and so when you work with clients who um, maybe shame shame is part of that equation, um, what does that look like or what do you share with them about that? Yeah, shame is a very, very deep one. I mean, it runs through our lineages. It runs through our culture, our contemporary culture and the society that we live in has bred a culture of women to feel inherently shameful about being in a female body. The taboos surrounding, you know, the vulva, the vagina, menstruation, menstrual blood, sex and sexual pleasure within the female body has led us to just feel that being in a female body is inherently wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the way that I work with clients is to take them on a very slow step-by-step process to reestablish a loving relationship with their body. And that looks like by um, placing their hands on their body, placing like cupping their vulva, like holding themselves and, and saying positive words of affirmation. I also guide clients to begin to explore their inner vaginal canal and cervix with their own hands, not with the purpose of pleasure, not with the purpose of any sort of like diagnostic, like with the fertility awareness method, but just for the sake of establishing loving connection. Because there, if you think about it, like how many people have seen or touched your, you know, internal vaginal canal in medical settings, uh, but we have never looked at it or touched it ourselves. So I invite clients to do mirror work. So to look at their, their vulva and, you know, lower pelvis in a mirror and just, and just begin to know 
notice like what thoughts come up, what beliefs start to emerge and just to begin to become very acutely aware of the mindsets that we have around our pelvis, the stories that we tell ourselves mm -hmm. and to make a concerted effort to reframe that and what I call like flip the script about mm -hmm. these stories to want from being shameful and wrong to being loving and beautiful and magical. I love what you just shared because it really is about flipping the script and changing the story and changing your understanding. And I, I found this so much through doing this podcast over the last, I guess, two and a half years now of when we begin to share our own experiences and tap into our own bodies and have a better understanding of who we are. We flip that script, I think, not only for ourselves, but for others too. And I can imagine through your work, you've seen this a lot at, because as you began to empower and heal yourself, I can imagine that you've seen that ripple effect with other people in your life and as well as your clients. And so, yeah, what has that experience been like for you? I guess, seeing the impact of your own healing, um, on others through your work, through your clients, because yeah, I really think when we begin to, I don't know, empower ourselves, we can see that ripple out, I guess, within, um, our communities and our cultures, and maybe even a little bit, I don't know, within the healthcare mm. system too. Wow, Sydney, I just got chills when you asked me that question oh. because <laughs> it's the, I wasn't ready for mm -hmm. the impact. It's actually been jaw dropping to see. That's amazing. Yeah, to witness the transformation that these women undergo when they begin to listen to their body, when they begin to establish this connection. And, and I, I don't take the credit. I take, I give the credit to their bodies and mm -hmm. to their own courage to establish this connection. I mean, I've had clients who were completely terrified and self-loathing of their body to, after going on this journey with me, are now active activists in the field of women's health and mm -hmm. like share their story widely and are taking, you know, women as well on their own journey. I have noticed that the women who choose to go on this cervical healing journey with me, that very often they themselves become a voice for the cervix or they themselves mm -hmm. become a voice for the female body. And the ripple is the awakening of the power of the female body um, across the women who, mm -hmm. who say yes to this journey. I've also had such beautiful and profound messages from women who just access my content from developing countries around the world, like, um, you know, Kenya and yeah. India and Nigeria, you know, these women where they live in cultures that nobody is talking about this. There's no womb wisdom. There's no, you know, jade eggs or yoni steams. And so when, when they access this content through Instagram or just YouTube, they message me and they're like, Danelle, I had no idea but I think I always knew. And now I'm telling my daughters about this. And this is like a really big deal for me because these women are living in cultures where nobody's talking about it. Right. And yet they're going in a very subversive way, like behind the scenes and telling all their friends and their daughters and their aunts and their cousins about it. And it's like the, the ripple is very deep, very real. And I'm, I'm astounded every day. Hmm. That is really beautiful and so powerful because 
it goes back to really reclaiming power and ownership and um, belief, I think, in your body and reclaiming it as your own. And even though um, it's very different here in the United States than it might be in developing countries, I think there is still... um, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, but there still is that sense of, you know, we, we rely on other people to tell us what's going on with our own bodies. And sometimes that's extremely important and very needed. And I don't want to discount that, but I've certainly had my own experiences where a doctor will tell me what's going on and I'll go, that is not what is going on because I get, I have a different sense of what it is that I'm experiencing. And so I think it's an interesting balance of, ownership and trust in yourself and, um, tuning in and listening that way. Um, but then also, you know, acknowledging, I think the medical system for, for what it does and what it is. Um, so that's really beautiful what you just shared. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I, I also want to second what you said that it is important to honor the medical system for what it does do because it does help, uh, you know, millions of people every day. And I think that, you know, there are ways in which it can do better to support women's reproductive Mm -hmm. health specifically. But here we are, you know, we're remembering our own inner power. We're remembering, you know, the ways of, you know, the, the, the old midwives and herbalists of, you know, yesteryear utilizing, you know, these very basic practices of tending to our bodies with food and herbs and nourishment and love. Mm -hmm. Um, and that we can reclaim our health regardless of what, the medical establishment says. Yeah. Do you, do you find that this sense of impact and seeing it um, and the ripple and it being reflected back at you, is this really what continues to inspire you on your journey or, or what does continue to inspire you? Yes. The, the ripple is what continues to inspire mm-hmm. me. You know, if I'm honest, Sydney, there have been many moments where I'm like, oh man, I really want to be talking about something else. Yeah. Like I didn't ever <laughs> see myself being in this field. I was on a very different trajectory. Yeah. Um, but when I receive the emails of women who say, oh my gosh, like I reversed my abnormal pap smears Mm -hmm. after like eight years. Thank you so much. Or, you know, women, you know, from, you know, countries, like I was mentioning, who don't have, you know, real strong healthcare access who say that my videos or my content, um, have helped them feel better about, you know, their circumstance. I'm like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Like it does, it's not about me. It's not about Danelle and what I want. It's really about, uh, healing the greater feminine body of the world and, and what this can mean for the trajectory of our global culture. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it definitely keeps me inspired every day. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you shared that this wasn't exactly what you saw yourself doing. And I think that's so important to share because it's often like the path that we least expect becomes the path that really fuels our passion and our purpose and and who we are. So what do you think your, your younger self would think about what you're doing today? Oh man, I can just see myself being like, oh my gosh, you're so weird. No, ew. Like, this is what you that. talk about all day. Yes, yes. Um, but I think secretly I would think it'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that because I think, I don't know, I just think it's so cool that this is where your life and your career and your passion and your impact um, has really led you. So has there been like a go-to mantra or quote or affirmation, something that you've held on to, um, either recently or throughout your journey or, or something even that you share with your clients? 
Mm, yeah, the, my favorite quote, which I come back to time and time again, is um, from Jack Kerouac, who was the author um, from many decades ago. But the quote is, quote, I saw that my life was a vast, glowing, empty page, and mm-hmm. I could do anything I wanted, end quote. I love that. Because yeah. you really can, like you get to choose and you get to write um, your path and your pages, you know, within this story. And yeah, of course, like sometimes it doesn't look like what we anticipated, but sometimes I think that's that's kind of what makes it the most fun too. Exactly. Exactly. As long as we hold the vision and, you know, know where we want to go, we'll be headed somewhere amazing. Mm-hmm. I think so too. I- I've got to ask you the question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Um, and that is, what is your biggest dream? Mm, wow, my biggest dream. I have a vision of a new wave healing center that incorporates, you know, plant, animal, and human connective healing. Where we, it's like I, I have this vision of a, a place where people can come to to reconnect to who they are in this greater greater ecosystem of planet Earth, and. Uh, yeah, I just I, I've been holding on to this vision for about mm. seven years and I, I want to make it happen. Oh, I love that. And you know what? It will it will happen. Um, mm. I think sometimes it's it's those dreams that we have that we plant for, for a long time because same for me. I mean, I have things that I want to do and it's it's been like a long time coming, but I know every action, every step I take is helping to water those seeds that I've planted and it will happen when it's meant to. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm. Thank you. I have loved having this conversation with you and I'm so glad that we've connected and you came on the podcast. I think your journey is really inspiring because not only did you make the decision to really heal yourself and empower yourself, but now you're helping others to do the same. And so I would love it if you would share where everyone can find you and and connect and learn more. Yeah, so I am at Cervical Wellness on Instagram. I'm very active there. My website is www.cervicalwellness.com. And I also have a YouTube channel, which you can just search my name, Danal Barbara Naraki, and I will come up there. But I, I love sharing content. I love sharing information. I also have a book. Uh, it's called Informed, Aware, Empowered, A Self-Guided Journey to Clear Paps. It was published in January. And I think they just sold out on Amazon, but oh you can find God. it on... I know. That's amazing. Know. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but you can find it on barnesandnoble.com as well but that is really um, a guidebook for women who want to reverse abnormal pap smears on their own and or who just want to learn about the cervix and how to care for the cervix um, it's a very easy read and yeah i invite all of you listeners to check it out perfect um i'll include everything in the show notes so it'll be super easy for everyone to find you and also to find your book and danelle thank you thank you so much again this was such a fun conversation and i'm really excited to share it hey thank you sydney it was wonderful being here 